welcome to episode 172 of Relics of Ore. I am your host, Grybok, and joining me this evening is my lovely co-host, Spirit. How are you doing this evening, Spirit? Hello! I am very good. Yes, I am also good. We are back from our winter Winter's Day hiatus, uh, full of, of Winter's Day cheer and re-energize-ment. Re-energize, I don't know, whatever. We are more energized, let's put it that way. Um, there's been kind of a couple big things that all hit the news cycle this week all within the past couple of days so we actually kind of got caught a little bit off guard and so this is gonna we're just sort of gonna be winging this show so um i think we're mostly gonna be following down the blog post uh from the 2016 quarter one update and sort of then expanding from there because we did not really make show notes so um first things first i'm actually just really happy that we got another one of these um roadmap blog posts this is the first one since 2013 i think Ooh, has it been that long yeah um it was uh yeah because we got one the first quarter of the new year after it, the game came out and then we got an update to that in june or july or something like that and then we basically just haven't had a roadmap style blog post pretty much at all like you could kind of count some of the heart of thorns ones in that category but they're not like this is a much more concrete, like, this is what we're doing. This is, like, sort of our release timeline on, like, near, middle, and far. Um, so, yeah, no, I I just, I'm really glad to get that kind of communication back, and I hope that it keeps up. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like at this point, we've said that a dozen times before. We're like, yeah, good communication, keep it up, and then it happens again. But, yeah. I mean, honestly... One thing, you know, we're not going to read the blog post verbatim, but they did say, you know, you can expect another one of these in April. Yes. So, I mean, as long as they keep that up and, like, they give us a definitive time, like, at least we know that they're going to check in again yeah. and, you know, give us, like, hopefully this sort of thing again. Um, So that they've got that going for them, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, so they've at least committed to basically a, you know, this is this is the sort of quarter zero the first quarter blog post and they've committed to a second one so you know at, at the very least we're going to get that and hopefully the trend continues um i guess yeah i mean yeah uh, well i guess let's just start right at the top and talk about how they dropped the hint teaser slash bomb on us that we are going to be able to glide in Corteria. how exciting is that i am overjoyed that my cries for uh Tyrion's for pity parachutes was heard and they came back with Tyrion's for pity parachutes plus <laughs> yeah um i i'm actually astounded like i i actually wrote a blog post on tough love critics relaunching site and even in it i was saying it would have been really nice if we could have gl uh, had gliding in corteria but you know clearly that wasn't going to happen and then two days later <laughs> or whatever it was uh we we get the teaser so um i i know i'm excited i every time i run around lion's arch i find myself trying to glide even just off of like small things yeah the the um repair anvil in divinity's reach is down a level from the bank oh. so a few times i've gone oh yeah i can get that and just <laughs> splatted just next splattered. to it yeah um yeah yeah no it's uh it's exciting i uh 
I guess it's going to be interesting to see just how much of the world they modified for it, because I know some people have expressed concerns over like it messing with jumping puzzles and things like that, and I wouldn't be surprised if they sort of just let it just sort of let it be, and I, to be perfectly honest, even though I love jumping puzzles, I don't know that I would be upset if they were trivialized by gliding. There's two There's two sort of counters that I have to that. One is that gliders can't fly up, so any jumping puzzle in which you're going overall up to the chest, it's not going to work out for you. True. Um, Although it can go across, there are a lot that like have a lot of ups and downs, and it would let you cut out a lot of distance. That is true. Um, the other thing is that they actually released a small blog post. They've been giving us like little tidbits all week, kind of expanding on the um, original state of the game, game blog, little blog post. They don't really have anything particularly interesting in them, um, but they do mention in the one about central Tyria gliding that they are going to have some no-fly zones. Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to be able to fly in instances or fractals. Or world v. world. Or world v. world. And there's going to be certain, I think, jumping puzzles where they have blocked out gliding. But other than that, it seems like most things have been left unchanged. Yeah. And actually, I mean, come to think of it, one of the one of the ones that immediately popped into my mind was actually the World v. World, the old Borderlands jumping puzzle, which not only no longer exists, but is also in World v. World. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're mostly going to cover their bases. But again, it's... Unlike, say, adventures, which actually give you reasonable rewards, like, jumping puzzles don't actually give you anything. Like, they're fun, but if they get trivialized, like, so. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, I guess, um, I definitely had a thought. Oh, uh, I don't know, because, like, one of the things I've said before is when Heart of Florence came out, I had all these achievements, and I got a whole bunch of mastery points off them. Are there mastery points for jumping puzzles? Like, is that something you can just easily get now by gliding to a thing? I don't think that there are. Um, I already had all the jumping puzzles done also, so obviously if there were, I already had them, but I don't think so. Um, Gosh, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure that there aren't, or if they are, they're like... Well, no, they're probably not the World v. World ones either, because those don't exist anymore. Or, well, some of them don't. Um, yeah, I, I don't think so. But anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a really cool feature, and it's going to be in, what, next week? The 26th. Holy crap, that's like, holy crap. Let's <laughs> soon. Yes. Yeah, it's real soon. Um, yeah, so that's cool. Uh, that's exciting. That was actually huge news. I mean, we probably could have had almost an entire podcast just talking about how exciting hearing gliding is and how much of a like fun mm. coming back from Christmas like news item that is, and for that to just sort of be the first thing to talk about is kind of it's kind of crazy. So, but but to keep it short, uh, what is the first thing you're going to jump off of in Tyria? Hmm. I honestly haven't thought about it. That's funny. Um, probably something in Divinity's Reach. Or Lion's Arch. I don't know. Probably, But it'll probably be in a city. Just like seeing if I can get to crazy places in LA or stuff like that. Mm. How about you? Uh, Mount Maelstrom is tempting. To go all the way up to the vista, all the way up the top, and then just glide into it or Ooh. off of it, around it. Ooh, that's a good one too. Um, oh man, but dude, of we course, could... Or. We could, uh, so this is something from Winter's Day that we've discovered, which is that you can glide as the snowball. Uh, we could totally have a volcano <laughs> snowball 
gliding descent, and it would be marvelous. Do that. I, I actually have a story about snowballs in uh, Mount Maelstrom, but that is for a non-podcast time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting lead-in. Um, yeah, that's seriously though. The snowballs are like the best, not prestige, prestige item. Like so good. Those are so fun. But uh, yeah, no Mount Maelstrom. That's a good one. Also, pretty much anywhere in the Shiver Peaks. Like those places are made to glide. Like Timberline. I think there's going to be some mm. fun gliding in Timberline. But Oh, actually, speaking of gliding, because I don't think that this was in this blog post, but it reminds me of it. Uh, there were some pa- there was a patch update to help fix some of the latency issues with deploying gliders. It's so good. Yeah, is that like are you uh like how good is it? I I cuz I don't have problems with it. So it's- I didn't have any major problems with it beforehand. Bear in mind, I sit at about 200 ping constantly, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. Um, I didn't have any problems uh, necessarily making any small gliding things or hitting updrafts for the most part. Occasionally, like I would occasionally it would be very specific ones. That would cause me trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the fact that it's so responsive and also the fact that you use gliding on Gorsival and Ooh, yeah. the number one cause of wipes on Gorsival was a glider failure of some sort. Someone, you know, someone wouldn't make it back to the platform and go, okay, well, we've got nine people and three minutes left on the timer. Well, you know, everyone go die now because we can't do it. Yeah. Womp, so. Womp. Hopefully, I haven't had a chance to do Gorsival since that change has come in, um, but I will get a look at it this weekend. So I am really hopeful that that sort of has been resolved. Yeah, no, that's that's cool. Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully it fixes people's problems because that's especially for how important of a feature is. That's a really terrible thing to be getting frustrated at. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. So anyway, um, that's. Uh... Oh, right. No, I did. I also wanted to say I was really glad that it sounds like they're not adding Tyrion Gliding as a new mastery. They're just saying if you have it unlocked, then you can use it in Tyria. Um, I don't I don't know if we talked about this on the show. I know that you and I have talked about it a lot, but I personally think that they have to be really careful with masteries just going forward that if they add new masteries that they either need to be extremely cautious with their pricing of them or introduce more mastery points to get because Mm -hmm. I don't think the goal should be for every player to have to get every single mastery point in order to like finish all of their masteries because some of them are like kind of ludicrously expensive or challenging or annoying or just like not your play style or whatever so um you know if you looked at the if you looked at the pricing of mastery point spending you know the tier what is it six seven masteries were 12 mastery points like if i had to go find 12 more mastery points in Corteria, i might kill myself like <laughs> it uh so i'm really glad that they didn't that they didn't do that i'm really glad that it's just you know just an add-on so yeah, I just wanted to wanted to make that like point. I don't know. I know some people. I feel like some people w- like wish that there was some progression behind it, and I feel like I can't even. <laughs> I can't even. I don't want. Yeah, that. I honestly, to me, it's less about. Um, I think it was a, it was a weird choice for them to 
include no hold on <laughs> like it's a weird sort of overall thought um because mastery points are tied so heavily to achievements if they want to introduce a new line without adding any new content they really have to be mindful of giving us some low-hanging fruit mastery points like basically they have yes. to give us new mastery points because we can't respec so if they you know introduced a new mastery line that's like i don't know you know guild mastery line and all of a sudden i really want that because i'm a guild leader and it would be so great for me and everything i do uh but now i'm sitting at you know five central Tyrian mastery points I can only get three more, and they're from, like, finishing an entire fractal weapons collection, spending 600 gold, and, you know, like, I don't know, finishing the raid or something. Like, I know that's not a realistic thing, but, uh, you know, really difficult things. I'm going to be locked out of that because I chose to spend my mastery points on things that were already available, not knowing that more was coming. So they really, really have to be careful with new stuff coming in that they make it feasible for players to get otherwise you're going to have some really unfairly expensive mastery lines yes yeah and uh yeah that's 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 pretty much maybe you just said it more clearly than i did like that's that's pretty much exactly what my concern is yeah going forward um which actually sort of segues me into just a, a sort of a brief thought that's sort of related into um, stuff that we're going to be talking about a little bit later but they did confirm that living world was going to come back or living story or whatever and they also said explicitly that they are working on the next expansion or and or will be um which makes me wonder if they're going to put in mastery points and or mastery lines like so they sort of retconned mastery points into Living World 1 and 2 for Corteria and Maguma, respectively. Um, mm -hmm. So I am wondering if maybe they will have the mastery points visible, but without, like, telling you, you know, where the expansion is or, like, what you can spend them on, but, like, sort of giving you an idea as Living Story comes out, like, which achievements will give you mastery points for this new region. Like, I think that would be a really interesting idea. Have you thought about that at all? I no, it has not even occurred to me because I just assumed uh, that Living Story Three would be following on from Maguma and take place in Maguma and sort of deal with the uh, fallout uh, from stuff that had been happening there. And I hadn't, I hadn't, I you know, obviously Living Story is a great way of bridging um, not only the time between expansions but also the you know the flow of the story. Um, but I hadn't thought about it from sort of a mechanical perspective like that. Yeah, well, and I guess I guess that does sort of. You're right that they explicitly said that Living Story Three is going to be t like picking up from the ruins of, uh, you know, the the ending, the end game of Heart of Thorns, or what? I mean, not necessarily the ruins, but taking place immediately in the fallout of halt, uh, the Heart of Thorns. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's I guess it depends on if we would be getting like a Living Story Three and a Living Story Four. Or, you know, so that there would be, like, a clear breakpoint, or if there's just going to be one long Living Story 3, um, as to, like, whether or not that would make sense. Or even, because isn't... I'm just going to pull it up right now. Because uh, in the Story Journal... Um, there's a Story Journal tab under the Achievements panel. Is that what you're oh, looking for? Oh, 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 yeah, 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 okay. Because um, I guess those were all from Living Story Season 2, but it was, like, Part 1 and 2, isn't that right? 
Yeah, because season two had a big break in the middle of it. Yeah, so like the first half was Cortirian Masteries, and the second half was was Maguma Masteries. Okay. Anyway, I don't know. Did not know that because I um I had them all done before Heart of Thorns came out. Yeah, because I didn't do I did do the second half because that's what you needed for the um uh that's what you needed for the luminescent armor, and I didn't finish the first half because I just didn't really care that much about doing the achievements so i actually still haven't gotten any of the core mastery points from the first half of season two so i'm just looking right at them yeah i don't know food for thought there's there's a lot of interesting sort of like mechanical considerations now that we've seen how things have played out between living story and heart of thorns and sort of the relationship between you know some of these items some of these collections some of these masteries so yeah i don't know um, or maybe they'll just sort of backwards port them like they did, you know, so that they don't give anything away. Who knows? Mm. Um, so I guess sort of in the same vein for, um, future content. I don't know. Uh, the Shatter is getting an update. Do you know if that is coming in the same, like, upcoming quarter one patch in a couple weeks? Because I know that there were articles that have been written on it by, like, what was it, like, MMORPG.com or one of those? Is that is like is that happening nowish? Um, I believe so. My understanding is that everything. So I guess spoiler, that's true. This it's is all what we're going to be talking giant. about for the rest of the thing. Yeah. Uh, gliding the shatterer updates to fractals. Um, the support changes. The squad markers and lieutenants. The world versus world upgrades. Not the big ones, but some. Um, Tybalt, the brew of the month thing, and raid boss stuff will all be happening now like basically the first half of the blog post is coming on the 26th and then other big events for early 2016 like halfway down that stuff is all coming within the next three months but not necessarily soon gotcha right okay yeah wow gosh it's like it's just yeah i was gonna list all of those off and then i was like wait i'm just gonna read this for an hour because holy crap this is a huge blog post yeah um which I mean, again, just I'm so glad to get such a like long detailed blog post for the 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 now term, the short term, and the long term, uh, mm. just in general. But uh, yeah, I think it's cool that uh, that they're reworking the Shatterer. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that hints at all in the direction where New Living Story is going to be going, um, or. I don't know, because I was about to say they redid Tequadl, and I sort of think of Tequadl as, like, jungly, but obviously he's actually Zaitani, so that was actually a completely, completely wrong logical leap. But, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's cool, I yeah. guess. I haven't done the Shatter in ages. It's tremendously boring. Yeah. I, I've, um, uh, a few times as I've been, you know, shepherding new players through the game, um, I've sort of purposefully avoided Shatterers like their first encounter because that is such a bad impression. It really is. Like, like, go stand by his right foot. Press one. Yep. Yeah. So I guess that's um, really all we have to say about that, unless you had something else. Yeah, they put out another little blog post about it. We, um, I mean, there's, whoops. Cool. <laughs> there's been a few um, sort of other blog posts as you said um, by sources outside arena net and they all kind of get at the gist of um there's going to be gliding involved in it somehow oh. and also that uh it is not going to be on the difficulty scale of to 
Yeah, or like triple it's trouble. Sort of maybe more like middle middle tier, more difficult than it is, but not yeah. but not hard. Yeah, complex but not difficult, I think is what they're they're getting at. Yeah. Um which is it just is fine. I'm totally cool with I don't need everything to be the hardest of the hard, you know, I don't need it to take a month for us to clear an open world raid boss. Yeah. You know? Like okay. Yeah, it's it's a mid level it's a mid level player zone. Like it's not Yeah. Yeah, no. I yeah, I I agree. I don't think yeah. I I mean, I guess we'll just comment on that one after after it's come out and we can play with it. Like there's really not yeah. much to speculate on, I guess. Uh, do you want to talk about fractals? How about you talk about fractals since you've been doing so well in them? I know, but I've just been like talking the whole time. This whole recording is going to be like the Grybot cast. I guess. I mean, I just, I feel like I just don't have that. Like, there's so much to talk about, and yet I feel like I don't have anything to say. Anyway, Fractals is getting more updates. Um, they're upgrading the looking for group tool, and they're updating the Fractal hub so that you can change the level inside, which is so nice for uh, all of our loading screens that we've been doing. Um, yeah, but Fractals, it seems like it's just mostly, uh, you know, quality of life, easy peasy update, or... Not easy peasy updates. What am I talking about? Just just small things that are great quality of life is all. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I yeah. From the I mean, as you said, I've been doing it a lot lately. I finally put in some time to get the mastery so that I could shuffle around my agony resist and you know put on my big boy pants and actually increase my fractal level above thirty. Um, and it definitely irritated me because I had you know at the time probably 85 odd agony resist which is plenty enough to do moderately high level fractals but i couldn't actually queue for them in the lfg because i hadn't like my personal level wasn't high enough so they've actually already fixed that like uh wait no actually no they haven't i just got above level 71 well <laughs> they're going to fix that i think which is nice for other people that may be in the same situation as i am because it's mm -hmm. kind of annoyingly hard to like use the lfg tool right when you're in that sort of close to the next the next tier because realistically nobody wants to do like a couple specific ones at the end of a tier they would rather just do the next tier up but if you can't queue for it then like yeah makes it kind of annoying so that'll be nice um uh yeah i mean like you said being able to change the difficulty is nice um yeah uh otherwise yeah i've been doing the basically i've been running swamps uh which is so low effort but i've been running swamps every day for about five weeks and i've gotten four ascended chests and uh two frac two gold fractal weapons and one regular fractal weapon and one gold ticket i guess which is you know whatever um so looks like they've uh, fixed the rewards i would not be surprised if they nerf the everybody runs swamps every day to do that because like, yeah i hope so they like i i still kind of wish the rewards were better or you know, like, I wish I could reliably gear a character in a month of fractals, for example. Like, I think that's a reasonable amount of time to get a full set of Ascended Gear. Yeah. Um, Especially if we're running all the fractal, not, you know, not every fractal level, but all the dailies every day. Yeah. Um, It's just like, it just seems like that's faster than they want you to do it, which frustrates me because I feel like, like... Uh, yeah i don't know right but like like the follow-up to that was it's not that i don't want to work for it i just wish it was like in a shorter span of time so but i 
like honestly, I I couldn't advocate them upping drops drops from fractals right now when you can complete a level fifty one plus daily in fifteen minutes. There's no way. Like you can't just give away ascended gear for hopping up on Mossman's roof and beating him to death. Yeah. So, but if you couldn't triple Mossman, or well, I triple swamps, I guess two of them are Mossman. Like if you couldn't do that, it would take quite a bit longer to the point where like. I don't know. Some of those yeah. some of those higher level fractals are not so great. Yeah. I'm just saying like they should what I would like to see them do with fractals is um you know increase kind of the overall time it takes to do one level uh but also suitably or, or you not not increase the time, increase the difficulty which may also increase the time. Uh, on, and on then, some of them. Yes. Caveat. Yeah. Yes. Uh and then up the rewards as a result. So it's more reliable to get the rewards you're after. Um, because ascended gear from fractals, even though you know it's great for um RNGing them semi reliably, uh, you can't actually buy ascended gear with tokens from fractals yet. I kind of wish you could. Um, I've been buying ascended gear out of the raid a little bit, but not enough to fully gear a character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it. Yeah, it just sort of goes back to our old like. We we are the type of players that don't want ascended gear to be something that you spend six months for one character doing, and no. And it seems that Arena Net is more of the opinion that it should take you a long time to do it because that's the explicit design goal. And so, you know. But anyway, let's not get into a huge rehash over that. <laughs> but I am swamping as hard as I can swamp for as long as I can swamp because this is. I mean, I've literally never gotten an Ascended box before a month ago. Like, ever. So... Yeah, admittedly, I haven't gotten any... I haven't gotten any Fractal Weapons or Golden Fractal Weapons since Heart of Thorns came out. Still. Uh, it's been a month since I said that was incredulous last time. Uh, but I have got a decent amount of Ascended gear. And it, I mean, so RNG is just, you know, being rude to me. Um, I do want to say that there are non-RNG ways to get both fractal weapons and golden fractal weapons, just not multiple golden fractal weapons, or at least easily. Yeah. You can get uh, a crate for finishing the fractal weapon collection, which is not Im- not terribly difficult, especially if you had some before. And the... Oh, getting to 100. If you do every fractal level from 75 to 100, you get a, a golden weapon crate as well. So... There are set ways for me to get those. I'm slowly working towards them. I would like to just have one drop for me, but I'll get there eventually. So yeah. I'm not terribly heartbroken over that. Um, and I have geared up a, I've geared up a, a condition warrior from scratch uh, since Heart of Thorns came out. So I mean, it's been going all right. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. I, yeah. I I know that some of our raiders have been a little bit frustrated with some of the less commonly acquirable uh ascended stats that they may want but for the regular condi sets it's not uh not such a big problem or obviously zerker so (sighs) yeah anyway uh fractals so yay um do you have any thoughts on the brew of the month thing like (laughs) it seems super random to me um it it's a nice sort of low-hanging fruit like, it's a nice sort of thing that you can just do a little bit once in a while, and then after, you know, a year, you get a payoff for it. 
Um, not that you have to do much. Like, it seems like I just go and talk to this guy and then I log in once a month for a year and then I get a title, a backpack and a guild decoration. Yeah, which, I mean, it's it's like a yeah, it's basically like yeah, a daily <laughs> like it does seem a- kind of random. It'll be interesting, like if they do something more with it, like if the, you know, the alcohol that they send us once, once a month has um any sort of collector's value or, you know, like if you could sell them. Or if they have stats on them, like other food consumables, or if they give you a sort of, if they're like a like an endless tonic almost, where you know you get some sort of special effect for drinking them. Uh, I mean, it could be interesting. But if they just send you a one-time consumable in the mail that does nothing except you consume it, and then it progresses this collection at the rate of one a month for a year, it's kind of not that interesting, but. You know, whatever. It's the thing that I, I'll do. I'll go talk to that guy and then get a mail once a month. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. It just it just sort of came out of nowhere. Like I I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm not into like beer slash brew in real life that it just seems like so. Like uh, I mean, sure. Like okay. Um, I mean, I'm always in favor of more guild decorations, like especially ones that don't cost you an arm and a leg. So. Mm um cool i guess like yeah i don't know um i mean i'm not critical of it like it does i mean i'm sure it probably didn't take them that much effort to implement and you know it's cute i guess um yeah not much not much more to say about that i guess um squad markers and lieutenants yes uh we've been uh, I, I primarily use squads for guild missions and also for raids. And we have improvised uh, in that when I do guild missions, we set up a squad and then I have our, so I set people into subgroups and have the subgroups target one of their own players and designate them as their sort of sub leader. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be nice for me to do that uh, sort of myself. So I would be able to see them, you know, other people would be able to see them too. Um, and it sounds like you can put markers on players, so that is handy. Uh, and just, you know, I don't think that I will get much use out of a lieutenant function where, um, you know, designating somebody else to do administrative stuff, because I've never been in a squad where I can't reasonably manage, you know, the 20 people or whatever in, in my squad. But I'm sure it'll be very useful for World v. World and stuff, where the commander is more focused on, I mean, they have the tag, but they're more focused on um doing the content than uh i have been in raids and guild missions where i'm more focused on uh administering the group and then the group is kind of taking care of the content while i'm watching to make sure that you know everyone's where they need to be and and so on yeah yeah but i mean again great features and the the squad stuff just in general has been so helpful to me um especially in guild missions i think we've cut down um, it takes us about an hour and a half to do six plus guild missions, um, which used to take about as long for four. Um, so we've cut down on just a ton of organizing time by just by having the squad UI. So, you know, anything else that helps with that is just wonderful in my book. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sorry. I don't, uh... Again, it's like leading squads is not something that I have a ton of experience with, so kind of uh like yeah, I kind of don't know. But you hit ready check a lot every Tuesday. I sure do. Um 
I mean, I don't, it's not really going to affect that, though. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's it's great that they're expanding on the system. Like, I think that's mm-hmm. uh, that yeah, actually, statement in general is sort of just uh, going to be a running theme, I think, for this, like, podcast episode is, like, whether or not we specifically care about a specific thing, it is nice that they are putting work into it to expand it. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's something they explicitly stated in the podcast, or in the podcast. I'm all over the place today, you guys. I'm so sorry. Uh, in the dude, blog I, post. Yeah, we're just... <laughs> it's, it's a uh, it's something. Show. <laughs> yeah, it's something they explicitly stated was that, you know, they are going to be working on expanding rather than developing new systems this year, um, which is great. But it's also... Um, I sort of read um, on, on Reddit and Twitter and just around in general, uh... There were a fair number of people who were not excited about this blog post, and I can sort of see why. If you're, this speaks mostly to people who are currently playing the game, and if you're not playing the game, uh, it doesn't, you know, and none of this appeals to you. It doesn't look like Arena, and it's going to give you a reason to in the next three months. But again, it's until April. This is what's going on until April. So I don't know. Like it's a good thing. There, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I can see people being disappointed in it, but I don't think it was going to ever contain the sort of things you wanted anyway. Well, I mean, the thing is that for certain subgroups of players, there are probably things that they could have talked about or done that would make that difference. But a lot of it would just be contributing to the same thing that's ultimately what drove them away in the first place, which is like, yeah, new feature that will then never update. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if if they keep mm. adding new, like, completely new content types, like, that may get you back into the game briefly, but that ultimately is why there aren't very well-refined content types that we already have, and that, I think, is what has driven a lot of people away, is, like, they found some things that they liked, and then they didn't care about a bunch of the new stuff that got added, and the stuff that they liked didn't get touched, and that, that, that's it, actually. That's... <laughs> um, yep. So, yeah, it, it's it's a tough spot for them to be in, and it's, I mean, that is that is sort of what I have, you know, sort of the sentiment I've tried to warn about, if, you know, with the fact that they have said over and over again about things that they you know, all these new systems and then summarily not <laughs> not updating them, like or not, you know, not touching them. It's like, yeah, uh yeah, I mean it gets it gets frustrating. And so I I'm I'm really happy to see that they are deciding to go in that direction of of the depth versus uh breadth. Like I think that the systems they introduced in Heart of Thorns with masteries and specializations are extremely strong and extremely expandable extensible like i think yeah i they're they are the type of things that that should be expanded upon and they finally have a good solid set of things that i am excited about and like when when not even hypothetical when the next expansion comes out i will be excited to see what the new masteries and what the new specializations will be because those are good systems that they've made and they are going to expand on them like like Mm. so so the fact that they are committing to doing that does excite me. But like you said, that's because I am a current player. Like, if I didn't give a crap about those systems, then yeah, you're right. Like, <laughs> that like that blog post isn't gonna, you know, excite you much. So, um, yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future. I'm like, even if not necessarily all the most exciting things are happening quarter one, 
I'm excited at the tone that they're taking for future development. Yes. Yeah. And uh, while not like while not not exciting, they're all very solid, very good changes. It yes. looks like. Yes. Also, so speaking of solid and not necessarily exciting, um, world v world upgrade and points per kill. I don't world v world enough to know how relevant that is. <laughs> Do you? I haven't recently. I I mean, I'm sort of in the camp of people um, who are waiting for quote unquote the big world v world overhaul and for tournaments to return. Um, and I know I've said this a lot in the past, but essentially my my sort of beef with world v world is, is not the mechanics, but that I can't get into it um, as nebulous as it is. Like I do much better in world v world when there's a defined match period, like in Edge of the Mist, or if there's a defined sort of set of achievements or goals yeah i mean the like the tournament i can i can get really into it for the the matches over the tournament because i know it's going to end you know there's going to be different rankings and i'll have contributed to the the effort of the server um those are the sort of things that i enjoy about world v world so not having had that in a long time i haven't been playing a lot of world v world and of course having <laughs> a butt ton of other stuff to do in pve and pvp just haven't gotten around back to it. So I can't say definitively how strong this will be now. I can say that because they're changing it to a points per kill system, or not not totally points per kill, but that you do get points per kill, that encourages play styles that focus primarily on killing other players, which is scary for me because I'm bad and I rely mostly on scaring other people away in World by World uh, with my world by world rank and my you know my swag wapums and you know just generally looking scarier than I actually am, um, and if people are going to mow me over for points now, that's a little bit scary for me. But the the whole idea that they're they're looking to encourage you know alternate play styles other than capping is so important to getting world by world back on track where it needs to be. Yeah, um, yeah, I. Yeah, I think I think the how big of an important impact it has will somewhat be impacted by what the sort of amorphous large world v world like changes are, and we just don't know. We we just don't know what those are going to be or when they're going to happen. So yeah, I yeah beyond that, I'm I'm glad that they're still working on it, and I don't know how much of a comfort it is to people that for whom world v world is their primary avenue of play like yeah i don't know good that they're still working on it i guess mm-hmm. do you have any thoughts about tybalt tybalt being the new miss champion uh cool they didn't tell us about anything about what he actually does um so that's great i guess i mean <laughs> sure i'll take another option but i can't tell you if he's going to be good or bad or yeah, he's gonna I have mean, any bearing on it at all. It's and it it's also... funny and cute that they use Tybalt instead of somebody of more like historic prominence. I guess I would say. Yeah. But Tybalt is like the most beloved. Tybalt is the most beloved like character from Guild Wars Two. I feel like. So. Yeah, I think that's probably a fair assessment. I was trying to think of other ones that could be more beloved, but I don't. I don't think there is one. At least not that's um dead, perhaps. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's wow. there there are living characters that lots of people love, but like, but more than Tybalt, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I know, I don't know. Depends depends on how you roll, I guess. 
I feel like if Timey died, there might be, like, some serious... Rioting in the streets. Yeah. Slash forums. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, anyway. Wow. Jeez. Um, moving on. I don't think we really have much to talk about with the balance update until we actually see it. Do you? No, they put a... I just kind of roll my eyes at that. They basically put down a... A bigger blog post before the state of the game that outlined what their goals were for each profession, but then omitted any sort of numbers. Uh-huh. Uh, and I believe we're going to get those this week. But based on what we know at the time of this recording, it's not enough to even remotely speculate on other than like, hey, cool, they're going to be doing work on Thieves and Warriors because they're out of the PvP meta and didn't really mention fractals or raids at all, which is, I'm so. Like, I try not to be, you know, bitter or jaded about the game, especially because, you know, I do the podcast and lead the guild and stuff, but whoa, it whoa, whoa, whoa. frustrates me. Do you try to not be bitter because of this podcast? Like, I, I do. I feel like, I feel like coming in wrong. with a bad attitude is sad, and kidding. I don't like to be sad the whole time. Anyway. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I but... Yeah, anyway, I'm so jaded about sort of the way they've treated PvP, or sorry, PvE balance. Uh, for many years. I mean, there's been some better changes lately. Uh, it's definitely been... Like, you can you can tell, especially with the the elite specializations, that, you know, they're very much designed with the Heart of Thorns content in mind. Yep. Raids especially. They fit very well into those niches. And there is a role for all of them within a Heart of Thorns meta or raid setting. Some are much stronger than others, and need, they need to be brought into line. But, uh, you know, that's because certain things are overpowered in PvP. I'm just really worried that uh, the sort of the raid comp is going to get hit. I'm especially worried about Chronomancer. Um, yeah. Because while it would be ideal that Chronomancers uh, were not required for a raid comp i mean because you know all along we've been saying you don't you don't want to lfg for monks right because that's no fun you don't want a chronomancer to have to fill that role yeah right um like i think like you need a tank but all like not maybe not almost any but many of them can can play i've seen every single class tank successfully veil guardian now okay well, um, there you go yeah so I forgot what I was going to... Anyway, uh, if About Chronomancer gets hit hard... Required. Yeah. yeah, if Chronomancer gets hit really hard, that will make a big impact on our group. Let alone... I mean, they're also talking about taking out um, Revenant Sword, and I can't remember if there's anything else, but basically I was reading this going, okay, this is impacting you know maybe six of our raid members, their dedicated classes... That they've probably spent We're... a bunch of money gearing. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And um, we've now finally killed Gorsival, which I kind of want to talk about later. I don't know if I'll get a chance to in this podcast, but at some point I'll talk about our experiences with that. Um, last week, <laughs> Gorsival, we took him to no pixels on his bar five times before killing him that night. It's that close to us being able to to finish that encounter. And if any of our stuff gets hit, we are not going to be able to finish it. And if the reason we are not able to finish that encounter is no longer because of our skill or our gear, but because something was overpowered in PvP, I'm going to be furious. Like, straight up furious. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a little tricky because, like, obviously, yes. How can I phrase this? Because I'm not trying to like say it to be mean or insulting, especially because Twit isn't even that far, basically. But like, it like there are raid groups that can beat that with a large margin or like a fairly large margin, and like they they would probably still be able to beat it after said nerfing so it's not entirely because of pvp that would knock yeah. out oh no no, no. i understand you know what i mean yeah but it would be really frustrating for my been group, practicing it like yeah for my group specifically because we are almost all in ascended gear Right. Uh, we may not run the most meta, like we don't have double revenants, we have three tempests instead of two revenants or whatever. Um, we aren't the most meta comp, right? so we're not, you know, we're not killing it with extra time. But we're not, you know, we're doing the mechanics. We're not getting hit by eggs, we're not dying to the updrafts, we're finishing the fight with all ten people alive, and to put out that sort of skill and then just be on the fence and then to have something that come in i personally would be furious if i could no longer complete that encounter and i know like i know obviously a lot of people would still be able to do it's been proven you know quote unquote proven not not quote unquote because there are videos of it but you know the raid is possible to do in exotic if you're an uber lead player for us who are reasonably skilled enough to be able to do the encounters successfully uh all of a sudden, to not be able to complete it would be so frustrating. Like, I can't explain how demoralized and just upset I would be if, like, all of a sudden one day they're like, you know, Chronomancer is too strong PvP, and then I couldn't complete a raid the next week. Yeah. Well, and it feeds back into what we were talking about with the raid of Acquiring Ascended. Like, it's, it is not, it is not an insignificant factor that you know, to that. Like, if you could just quickly and easily, like, spec back around and it was like, okay, Chronos got hit, now we've got to move to our new, like, second, like, to a, to a new raid comp. For but Daredevil like, meta. But, like, if that raid comp is not compatible with the gear that you have spent a lot of time and effort making, then mm-hmm. it's a way bigger hit. Like, it's it's one thing to say, like... You know, if if you were already doing it in all exotics and you just had to switch your class comp, like that wouldn't be as big of a deal. But like if you yeah. are relying on that ascended edge and you spend a lot of time and money to get that for this raid and then that gets like flipped on your head, it's just like, yeah, no, I I definitely hear you on that. Like that would be pretty pretty maddening. So hopefully it's not hopefully it's not the worst. Yeah, I mean, remember what we said about 10 minutes ago before I started ranting was that we don't know enough to make any judgments on it. Yes. I'm just scared. Yeah, I yeah, I, well, and it just frustrates me that there's no, or ba- there is basically no split between PvP and PvE, unlike Guild Wars 1. Like, that was one of the best features that they had, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's more work, but yeah, anyway. Okay, um, so actually, that is all of the stuff for the upcoming patch, so we could segue that into wanting to talk about the raid in general, and the relation also, the fact that, you know, they're working on the new raid for March, it looks like? Yeah, um, between now and the end of March is when the next raid wing is dropping. Yes. So... Do you foresee relics being able to kill Sabatha by then? 
I hope so. We just we just had our first look at her last week, and it's been um, so far very sort of a flat. Um, it takes us three weeks to down a boss, um, and now with sort of having when did the content come out? It's been more than six weeks, right? I don't know. Uh, we can at least one group in relics can one shot Veil Guardian fairly easily with leftover time. I think we had two ten left on the timer as our best time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good for us. Our group is progressing at sort of the exact rate uh, that I think is on time to be able to do it. Hopefully we'll get enough looks at, at Sabbath. Because if we, yeah, if anything, like I said, if anything balance-wise changes and we have to spend, you know, another couple weeks on Gorsival, then we might not do it in time. But if we can keep getting Gorsival down, then I think we can get Sabbath in time. It's just a, it's just a matter of us to having time at the encounter. We're, I'm not worried about DPS checks for Sabbath at all. It looks like we're we're good on time with that. It's just we have to learn the sort of the dance, if you will. Yeah. So the short answer is yes. I'll just stop meandering. I think we can do it. That's good. Um, do you feel like this is a good rate? Like if if we continue to get raid wings at roughly this pace and roughly this complexity to learn for a not casual but more casual group like sort of relics and twit are like is that does this feel like a good pace for you for raiding yeah absolutely with i mean like knowing the next one is coming within the next uh so many months um and having seen the last boss but not downed it yet i feel like by the time uh it, it drops if we you know keep on track and do very well we'll sort of have the first one on farm mm-hmm. and then be able to start working on the second one yeah, almost, which I'm like, glad because I wouldn't have to. After. Yeah, I wouldn't like to have to make a decision about you know because we can only raid once a week. Sometimes we can do two with most of the group. If you know, if we get to a new boss and we're like, oh yeah, we're just too tired tonight to you know to start on Sabbath, so we're gonna come back tomorrow. We're gonna get as many people together as we can, and we're just gonna learn the mechanic, yeah. um, which is something we've done uh, several times. Uh, yeah, so for groups like us that can raid once a week, maybe twice, I think it's pretty much bang on. Um, and I, yeah, I don't want to say we're on the, it's hard for me to get a picture of what the overall rating community looks like and who is clearing it and how far they are clearing it. Yeah. Um, I feel like I see a lot of the eternal titles around, which means that there's a decent number of people who have completed all three, but at the same time, uh, I have been in so many Veil Guardian groups that I've not killed it. Um, and I, yeah, like, I just, I don't know what the, what the overall community looks like. Yeah, it's, we've been having a lot of sort of, like, frustrating trials and tribulations in Twit with it because we've just had a really hard time getting consistent attendance. And so when we do get those sort of, like, full core on groups, we generally do pretty well, but we have only gotten to Gorsival and basically not even fought it because, like, we just can't seem to pull it together for Veil Guardian consistently enough to, to like, one-shot it or two-shot it, um, which is frustrating. <laughs> um, but I think, like I said, I think that that's more of a problem of our consistency than um, our, our roster consistency rather than difficulty, because, like, and which is part of what has made it frustrating is because when I'm playing, I feel like I understand all the mechanics just fine and am not the person going down or things like that um so 
I don't think it's a matter of it being too difficult. I think it's just a matter of not having a consistent enough roster. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, now that it's not going to be the holidays, hopefully we'll get some more consistent attendance. And honestly, I don't, you know, depending on how, depending on how Raid Wing 2 looks relative to relative to raid wing one like if it's the same amount of difficulty but it's just like something fresh we might just start over on that you know and just like stop trying on sabatha (laughs) um Mm. because like we're not even there yet like i'm not gonna want to i i don't know how much we're going to want to keep bashing our head against it like when everybody else is sort of talking about and practicing and doing something completely different because, you know, I've subbed into several groups. Like, I think I subbed into RO once, and I subbed into, like, a different Twit Night, and, like, you just can't do that if you... Or you can, but you'll be a lot less useful if you've never done the fight, ever. And so, you know, there there is a certain degree to which, like, staying up with the current content is more important than having cleared the last content, so... Hmm. I also think... Just with the, you know, with the price of gear and the price of consumables, when, because they've got this mechanic where the newest raid bosses pay double what the old ones do. Oh, I forgot all about that. sort of foresee most people being on the the sort of cutting edge content rather than going back. And I think um, most of the groups that go back will be like, like Relics' Saturday group, which has, you know, can do Veil Guardian one shot. So it's worth us go back. Eight, spend eight minutes get a few gold yeah and you know and then go work on the new one or whatever yeah but i don't i yeah i can't foresee i mean people will still do it right to have seen and just have beat sabbath at once but i don't foresee it being nearly as popular as whatever the newest raid wing is yeah yeah um yeah but i as as for you know our I think it's a good pace. I think that it's long enough that the more casual groups in general have gotten it, and I don't think it's been so long that the hardcore groups are, like, dying, you know? I I think they're excited. They're probably chomping at the bit, but they're not like, oh Mm -hmm. my god, it's been a year, you know? Like, they're... I think they're gonna be happy for a new raid, but I don't think that they're, like, revolting, um, you know, It's been what? It came out... If Heart of Thorns came out at the end of November, or, sorry, October... Then it probably came out mid-November, right? So it's been, it'll be like maximum five months if it yeah. comes out, you know, at the very end of March. Yeah. When, uh, you know, beyond what ArenaNet says is the window for it to launch. Right. Yeah. I, I think it's reasonable. For, for how good the content is, I think it's totally yeah. reasonable. I spent so much time in raids. I was just thinking about it now, trying to figure out how much, and I have, I have no idea. It's been probably upwards of... 60 to 100 hours yeah you spent a lot more time there than i have like and i love it too like even though we're not getting rewarded there's the content is so good that i i'm still having fun subbing into groups that aren't gonna finish it yeah i yeah i don't i mean i haven't done it enough to buy a single like anything from it yet even for my failure shards uh oh really you don't have 250 nope oh um wow okay then i've done a lot more than you yeah uh but yeah (laughs) i don't know it's again it is a time commitment and a like so it's hard for me to commit to doing that more than once a week so i'm Mm -hmm. uh i i wish it weren't but we already have enough consistency issues if like doing it just once a week that 
yeah, no, I I haven't done it as much as would be optimal, I guess, but I feel like I still have the mechanics down pretty okay, so yeah. Wow. Gosh, this is exhausting. <laughs> uh is there anything you'd like to talk about next? Really anything uh, to talk that? about next? Lunar New Year's coming up. It's coming back. Uh Dragon Ball's coming back. Fireworks, decorations, foods, very importantly, for raiders because the delicious rice balls and the fried golden dumplings, I think they are, both come from Lunar New Year, so you probably want to stock up on those. Uh, yeah. the, I presume the it was very profitable for me last year. They had the RNG envelopes that you could buy daily, and I think I made money off those every day. Um, I kind of hope those are back. Maybe not, considering how they feel about inflation and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, just how much they've been trying to sink stuff out of the game lately. Um, there was, I mean, there wasn't a whole lot to Lunar New Year, and if it's just the same as it was sort of last year then okay, it's going to be a fun, not even fun, like you just show up and get some different <laughs> rewards, to be quite fair. But hopefully they've added a little bit more to it, and if not, maybe they'll expand on it in the future. I'm sure we'll get like new decorations and stuff, because it's not the year of the RAM anymore. It'll be the year of the... Nope. I've not I just talked about this snope. to someone. The uh, year of the Snope. It confirms internet rumors or not. Yeah. Um. I don't even remember it was. I just had this conversation with someone last week, like, what year it was going to be, and I've forgotten already. Uh, Year of the Monkey? Yes. Uh, so we'll have, so I hope we get some cool monkey-themed, um, you know, like a back piece and maybe a balloon like they had last year. Uh, but also, specifically, I want some cool guild decorations, because that's been the most exciting part about these festivals for me since guild halls have come out is because you can get those cheap guild decorations for whatever the festival currency is and that is so great for you know adding a, a lot more character to your guild hall in sort of a very cheap fashion yeah so whatever that is i hope it's paper lamps because they had some sweet paper lamps in oh, what was it labyrinthine Can't cliffs play. oh no labyrinthine cliffs they have it they had it all decorated for dragon bash or something i don't know it's been so long since we've been there um and it was really pretty i'd like to get some of the decorations out of there fair what else um oh yeah speaking of guild decorations the trophies from raid bosses and world bosses you can get tokens that drop from them and then convert them to a decoration that goes in your guild hall and then if you've got enough of those decorations, you can fuse them kind of up into one more, which is a statue of whatever world boss it is. And it's the same as those sort of new loot chests from them, yeah. where it's got the like the golden statue of the boss on top, which I am, of course, excited about because we're going to get relics, all the shiny ones. I will command Triple Trouble and Twaddle as many times as it takes to get relics those. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Actually, in my quest to finally finish off my Tyrian Masteries, I did Triple Trouble for the first time slash three times in a row uh, over winter break, which you went with me on. Yeah. That was fun. I love Triple Trouble. I just hate how long it takes to get organized. It's just not a sustainable thing for me to do it. You know, I did it every day for a month and then I was like, yeah, I'm probably good to never do that again. Yeah. But I, I still go like when people need me for whatever reason. Sure. Wow. Oh my god. I I am I am getting fatigued. I think I'm about <laughs> ready to call this episode unless you had anything you were dying to talk about. Um 
trying to think. I feel like so much happened this week, but I don't I can't keep track of it. Oh, there's one tiny thing. I guess I'll just do CastCast and put it on CastCast, even though it's not necessarily a community thing. Um, hello and welcome to CastCast, the podcast within the podcast about the cast, about the podcast instead of cast, about the podcast this week on CastCast. Um, there was a cute little story that they put out. It's a twine game about Drubert's last Winter's Day. Uh, I believe it was made by Angel McCoy and I'm opening the link to find out who else it was. Ah, Tears of Hour. And they've they've put together a nice little twine game made of it's a choose your own adventure basically, um, with some nice art and story about you know Drubert, our favorite money grubbing quaggin, uh, who met his tragic demise in Dry Top, and his little it's a very cute little Winter's Day story. The Drubert's ghost of Winter's past. Yes. Yes, uh, I always love it when they put out those little like sort of fun made off the books after hours projects like the mm-hmm. also the uh the Ritlock SAB platformer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That stuff's great. Yeah. That's the like that's the kind of stuff you love seeing from companies, like people that work there that like really care about the franchise and like are willing to make these adorable little mini game things just for fun. Like for no reason other than just because. So yeah, no that's that's great. That's cool. Um so yeah. Oh, wow. Sorry, I'm yawning. <sighs> oh, sheesh. Yeah, well, I think that's, uh, I think that we're gonna just call it for now. We maybe will delve deeper into some of these topics next week, or maybe not, and we'll just wait until the big patch comes out and we can, I'm sure, freak out about, uh, something that we didn't remember to talk about mm-hmm. or something new and exciting. Um, but anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in, and we will be back in about a week. This has been another episode of Relics of Ore. If you want to get in touch with us, you can check out our website and forums at relicsofore.com, email us at relicsofore at gmail.com, or find us on your favorite social media site just by searching Relics of ORR. If you'd like to join us in-game, you can send a whisper or in-game mail to Spiritface, or drop us a note on Twitter or our website and say hi. Lastly, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, feel free to leave us a comment and the rating you feel we deserve. <laughs>